Why are police photographing our license plate? What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Good afternoon. This is the Reasonable Voices talk radio show. I'm Marcello Rolando, your host. My guest today is Brian Weimer of Amoeba Films and the Art Park and the X Building and uh, some exciting stuff going on in Charlottesville, Virginia. And uh, Brian, welcome to the show today. How are you? I am super wonderful. We have just had a great weekend at the park, so I'm kind of looking forward to the week. How did, uh, I know we're coming out of, uh, for all those who, who have experienced this too, we're recording um I would say the first day we can see some pavement after the blizzard of 2016. How are things in the park with all the snow, Brian? Well, I, I kind of what I like about the art park is that it changes through the seasons, it changes day and night. And yesterday we saw a side of the park we usually don't see covered <laughs> yes. in snow, and just how people utilize the space. I mm-hmm. mean, there was a whole sledding hill and people making snowmen, and I guess because we've got a big green, big mural, they made a giant snowman, so wow. it works. Excellent. <laughs> it, it does. It's, uh, it's a park for all seasons. And uh, what, you know, we've jumped into this, I guess, because we know each other so well. Brian has actually directed me before that we may have to bring people up to date a bit. First of all, we're talking about Charlottesville, Virginia. We're talking about an area, coincidentally, where there was a theater in which I directed a few shows, and the whole area has changed. It's a, Of course, the TV studio is still there, but Eric Arvold Casting has moved from there to downtown mall location. And I uh, recently, you hosted uh, the reading of a play. Right. It was some group. It was, it was uh, the Hamner Theater yes. um, had hosted a, a director who wanted to do a reading, and uh, I, his name again escapes me, but... But it is a huge, um, it is something that was sort of a dream of mine. We inherited actually all of, or a lot of play on sort of curtains, Ah. risers, Uh and lights and things like that. So we have a black box theater now. Yes. This year, and I know we're kind of getting ahead of the game here, but uh, (laughs) uh, we we have, I think, three plays coming. Uh, Peter Ryan is going to do his play Wings. Um... 
CHS is trying to bring Smokey Joe's Cafe in an encore presentation. Excellent. And um, Tandem Theater or Tandem School is bringing uh, Comedy of Errors, I believe. Oh, wow. Every time I talk to you, it seems that things at the art park are really growing. First of all, let's tell people what what's the difference between, if there is one, the art park and the X building. Uh, well, the X uh, property is about 17 acres, mm. um, and all of it potentially could be the art park. We're mm. just focusing on one part of it now. Um, otherwise, my brain would explode. <laughs> um, but there is the main building um, where I used to have the studios and shared with Erica that also has the newsplex that also has Brazos tacos and if you haven't eaten there they've been just rocking it um, actually even during the snow they had some sort of a, a tacopolis or yes. some sort of something that uh, yeah it was great for people to come in from the cold and have some hot tacos um, but that's the main building and then there is what was some of the sort of warehouse side of the old factory that originally, if you remember, um, Jim Tidwell and those guys yes. put on Wunderkammer and Shentai's really bizarre kind of uh, multi-rings theater performance pieces. Yes, yes. Um, so we're, and that, that's really where I've kind of set up shop and what is left of that building has a big mural on the outside with hands on it and the other side yes. has got another mural by uh, Chicho Javier Lorenzo um, that says Dream Big on it. And in that, um, and and part of the development of the park was really developing some of that space. And so Tinkersmith, who do sort of makerspace kind of stuff, they have about 500 members, um, and they have a piece of that. And then there are a couple days with welders and some other artists. And then we have a whole, what we're calling the X Lounge now, that mm. is a gallery space. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Black Box Theater in back, where we're doing theater, we're doing musical events, workshops, um, lots of different possibilities in there. So we've really, this has been two years now, yes. a little going over a, a little two years, that it, we've gone from what was just an industrial park yes. uh, to really a full-fledged arts organization. Um, and now I even have a full, full-fledged title, being executive director of it. So, <laughs> yes, I mean, and, and to me, it exemplifies really what is one of the founding principles of the park, which was possibility. Mm-hmm. That, that really about placemaking, about sort of looking at the paradox of public space and saying, this was a parking lot, but last year we had 3,000 people in that parking lot with, with March 4th marching band mm. and you know, gypsy band members and stilt walkers and just a huge cornucopia of food trucks out there. So it was to really have people think about spaces differently, especially when it snows. What is it now? It's a sledding hill, you know? Yes. Okay, what, what is space? How does the community use it? And the biggest goal of it really to make it a, almost a public piazza, a plaza. Yes for public collaboration and community building. Well, you know, I I remember years ago now uh, taking pictures of what was a hollowed-out old brick building. Uh, I can't remember what right. that was, but 
that was my introduction to that area, and it has changed totally. And a lot of it, as you say, it's the the principles of possibility, which is is your mantra. The idea, I think, I've heard you say that the idea was to create a, a piazza, a kind of public pedestrian space, because it has become such an art center, if you will, inside and out, and, and dining. Is it sort of um, modeling itself after the downtown mall or giving an alternative or an extension of the downtown mall? or I, I would call it an extension of the downtown mall. The downtown mall has been very successful. Mm -hmm. I think actually art really helped move it along. Yes. It's where um, live arts started, Paramount Theater, Second Street Gallery, a lot of those sort of anchor points that really kept people coming there. I think in the early years when the downtown mall was just sort of getting its feet wet about uh, what it could become. Mm -hmm. And it's so successful now, it's almost too successful because... I don't really get the feeling sometimes when I walk down it that I can't go anywhere without paying for something. Mm. And, and it's great. I mean, it's where I go. Yes. I, I live in Belmont, and I walk right down there and sure. have everything I need. But then where, where do I go? You know, what is my big park space now? Mm. Um, and I've traveled in Europe and other places, and actually uh, one of the major partners at the ex-property, Ludwig Kuttner, um, it, it's been his dream and his vision to create this sort of public piazza, this um, a place that the public can come and sit and stay and go grab some food they want, that there'll be music there, that there'll be public performance, that it's a really interactive space that I don't think too many sort of American communities have had the privy to experience. It's a mm-hmm. very common thing in Europe where you come across just a big city block and it's just open to the public and that the people utilize it for everything, for public events. Actually, I think Portland has a very similar one at, at its center. Mm-hmm. Um, New York has a Central Park yes. and, and that New York has, is its own special thing. Actually, the Highline Park in New York mm-hmm. more is, is going along that model as well as pedestrian zones in Times Square. So it's really part of a, a more recent vernacular in sort of new urbanism in the United States. But in Europe, this goes way back. You can go yes. to Venice, you can go to you know, uh, Florence, all these places where this public space is so important. Actually, Latin America as well, there's sort mm-hmm. of the notion of the Zocalo. And actually, we do have a sort of a little Zocalo area on the downtown mall, but it never quite gets utilized. They put a tree there Christmas yes. time. Um, <laughs> But the notion is to also create events at X yes. where the public can come for free to interact and interact in interesting ways. Hey, when the snow falls, you know, that's all the production value we need to say, here's something to do. But yes. um, we've been partnering with a lot of people. We got our Levitt um, grant again this year. Last year we had 10 free concerts um, in the park. And in the fall, and we just got the grant again to do 10 free ones this year, yes. as well as partnering with groups like Hopefully Claw, the, the Lady Arm Wrestling. Yes. It used to be at Blue Moon Diner. It's very strongly possible that we're going to be hosting it um, now at the Ix Park. And it allows organizations also, when they come there, Fijo Fabroso, who does the um, Latin American Festival in the fall, um, mm-hmm. used to do it at a different location, brought it to the X Park, 
and I think that their attendance almost tripled. Um, and it's just the, the, the possibility within that space, because there's so much space, we have the facilities for bathrooms, for interior, exterior, multi-venue, you know, uh, I mean, pretty much the sky's the limit. Green Big is sort of our motto there, because anything can happen. So we're my job now, this year, is really just to reach out to individuals and organizations who want to come and do something in this space that has that sort of community appeal that brings people together, kind of like Fridays After Five does. Sure. Um, but, but, you know, with our own flavor. I mean, X is a little weird. Uh, <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's, un, well, it's weird and it's unformed. Mm-hmm. I had a discussion with uh, some of the people who run Pride. And they're going to do a youth event there. Yes. And I thought, well, what a what a perfect venue for it because because it hasn't decided what it's going to be or the art park. Exactly. And I don't think it ever will. Uh-huh. And it, it doesn't have to. It's sort of this this entity that changes according to who occupies it. Yes. And for me, for young uh, LGBT youth. Uh, who are figuring out who they are, or even the adults yes. all figuring out who we are. Exactly, so, every day. <laughs> yeah. So you can come down there and you can get involved in a theater project or break out the guitar that you kept in the closet because you never you know, thought you'd use it again. Mm-hmm. Or just to, and, and largely, though, it's about participation. Mm-hmm. Because I don't believe in art as a purely I'm just going to observe something else mm-hmm. that, that art needs to be uh, truly collaborative an occupation yes yeah. yes yes you, you know I again I go back to only because I've watched this change and the 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 area there is a, as you say is a huge area but it was being certainly underutilized the your co-founder is Ludwig Kuttner and it's uh, his dream, your dream for bringing, I, I think incorporating the, is the word I would choose, incorporating the arts in the community and the community into the arts. And also, yeah. it, it, it doesn't hurt that the X part, Park and X building, we should, we should spell that for anyone who doesn't know, it's IX and a bright yellow building, but it's all part of this huge complex now, which has grown from a better parking lot uh, to a, uh, a lot of lawn, grass area, picnic tables. I was of the other day, it was this huge celebration, plus the wonderful restaurants who've weathered the storm in every sense of that word. Um, and now all the, the artistic involvement, and as you say, it's not just presentation, but a collaboration, and the fact that it goes on indoors and outdoors. I think that's what I'm trying to say. So you can't escape it. It is it is all right there for you. You just sort of embrace it and step into it and are, if I say, embraced by it. Is that, is that going... Uh, you know, that, no, that's, that's completely right. And a lot of the things that we created there were very intentional in encouraging that participation. Yes. One of my favorite pieces was a... Um, it was almost a circular swing set that had five swings facing each other. And when you sat within it, you couldn't help but interact with the people that you were facing. Mm-hmm. And you had actually a context to talk about because you're like, wow, I've never sat in a swing set. And you're sitting across from somebody you've never seen, but you can say, hey, yeah. look at this. We're sitting here <laughs> looking at each other in one weird 
you know, art park? And did you see the, you know, the nest over there? And did you go inside? Yes. And, and that you have all of a sudden a, almost like a conversation starter. But that everything there from their musical pieces that you can play on, um, there's a staircase that looks like piano steps. Oh, yes, A lot yes. of it is... But it's also working within a fairly limited budget that we have, but trying to find ways to get people to interact in unusual and productive ways. You know, speaking of limited budgets, because the arts often have that challenge, you mentioned that once again you've uh, received the Levitt AMP Charlottesville Music Series uh, it's a matching grant situation. So how much money do you have to raise and how can uh, those of us listening help out? Well, we have to raise $25,000. And we are doing that through sponsors right now. Um, actually, one thing we're really looking for is a good wine sponsor. Um, ah, uh-huh. If anybody out there knows a good vineyard uh, that wants to donate about 5000 bucks worth of uh, wine. Um but uh, that and uh, we also, for other um, uh, activities in the park, I'm going to be doing a Kickstarter coming up because uh-huh. we have no money really to do any build. But it, I think that a lot of the events that we have also, uh, it's usually free, but um, often we sell beer or wine or something. That's uh-huh. one way we do generate revenue. Um, but also, I think we're going to try to start sort of a food truck Um uh, almost like food truck Fridays and just have a whole bunch of food trucks there. Mm. Also, there's a possibility of uh, setting up a Sunday farmer's market. Oh, wow. And so all these things, uh, you know, in very small incremental ways can help pay for uh, whatever activities that we plan on doing at the park. And uh, the biggest thing is just come down and participate. And just being there, uh, you help uh, either pay for farmers and their produce or artists and their work, and we in some way benefit from some of that. You know, we're going to take a break, Brian, but I, before we go, I just want to say to people that you, when you first spoke to me about the X Art Park, it must have been either late 2013 or, or early 2014. Uh, right. And all of this, the one... <laughs> The, the the way one looks at this and 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 sort of puts the the budget that is so limiting into perspective is that none of this existed really except you saying this is the possibility we're going to dream big we're going to go do it and now you look at what's there and yes the budget's still tight but somehow look at all that's happened and and I want to talk about when we come back on the other side I want to talk about how you think the art park has affected the immediate community around it, which, of course, has seen a colossal change in all of this. But um, we'll we'll be right back with Brian Weimer. We didn't talk about Amoeba Films. We will. But he is now the executive director of uh, the Ix Art Park, and it is quite a change in the landscape figuratively, psychologically, as well as physically, artistically, and and on and on, of Charlottesville, Virginia, and beyond. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now, another film rental discovery. 
Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. Before John Favreau moved to Hollywood to write, produce, direct, and act in some of the biggest blockbusters of our times, he had deep roots in indie film, beginning with the indie classic Swingers. Chef marks Favreau's return to the indie world, now armed with all the lessons and contacts he picked up in the big leagues. Let's face it, big actors bring a lot to the table, so why wouldn't Favreau bring friends like Sofia Vergara, Dustin Hoffman, Bobby Cannavale, Oliver Platt, and Robert Downey Jr. into his new indie venture? And after all, Hollywood has mastered the art of good storytelling, even if the stories can sometimes be as hollow as an empty suit. But there is nothing hollow here. Carl Casper is a top chef, passionate about food, but prone to neglecting the rest of his life. When a career blow-up bounces him to the bottom, he seeks redemption in the window of a traveling food truck, serving up delicious Cuban sandwiches with his young son and loyal line cook. In Chef, Favreau gets back to the basics, combining the best of his Hollywood experience with his innate indie roots. The result is our favorite laugh-out-loud comedy of the year, a perfectly polished indie with Hollywood DNA. Chef, not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices talk radio show. My guest today, Brian Weimer, the executive director of the X Art Park. Uh, Brian is also, what's your title at Amoeba Films, Brian? Uh, my title at Amoeba Films, well, it has, uh, I, I seem to be an, a primary instigator a lot of different places um, because somehow titles scare me. Um, and uh, But I, I guess I've been a director and producer at Amoeba Films. And uh, actually last year kind of taught me that... Uh, I think the hard part was where I needed to put my focus. I had three movies last year that for different artistic differences didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So, so I just said, hey, you know, the hard part seems to be working. I think we're creative guys. <laughs> you know, we, we try to, to you know, put out our centers and say, okay, what's working here? We have a lot of irons in the fire and, and it was hot. So well, this is the place to go. Exactly. And sometimes that's the way life uh, directs you, you know. The door opens and you're still pulling at the other door or knocking at the other door. But no, over here. We need you over here. Timing is everything. And it's the smart person who goes with that that flow that's driving, that driving force. And, and certainly the X Art Park has identified itself, even as though you said before, it's, it's not that it's limited or finished identifying itself. Uh, or even completely identifying itself, it has such possibilities to coin a phrase, and and everyone's dreaming big, and it just seems to not be ready to slow down. And I know right. we w- we went off the last segment. I was wondering, remembering the uh, immediate surroundings, how has the X Art Park impacted on it specifically? area there is a thing called the SIA I think it's the strategic investment area uh-huh. that the city is looking at um, because of just some fluctuations in how that space is being used now and how it might be used in the future uh, a lot of people are wondering what's going to happen there mm-hmm. and um, Charlottesville is a rapidly developing city we've yes. got you know, buildings going up on West Main Street all over the place and this is the next likely area to be developed 
and uh, I live right nearby it, and I have sort of a, a vested interest in hoping that it goes in a good way. A lot of very artistic, cultural, even progressive communities can sometimes put their artists right up on the street mm. if they're not careful. Mm -hmm. I think if you look at San Francisco, if you look at uh, New York, you look yes. at lots of places where you're like, okay, if Detroit can be a place now you can go to, but one day, you know, maybe Detroit, you know, you can't get a place there. Sure, um, yeah, yeah. And, and Charlottesville has those challenges, and we have to look out for our artistic community because without our artistic community, I, I don't think, I think we lose our identity. I mm. think that it, it helps us. And, and that artistic community, what is that? That's culinary, that's uh, visual art, yes. that's music, that's all those sorts of things that make this place what it is. And if you close down the venues, that you can hear good music, good local music. If you, you know, don't allow for, I don't know, the, the sort of the place Random Row books on West Main Street, but uh -huh. I get something very different. And when those places go away, you lose your meeting spaces, you lose your identity, and then you can just you just become some city. Mm -hmm. So for me, some of the things that identified Charlottesville were some of its really good like, performance things, like like I mentioned before, Jen Tidwell's work yes. um, with Wunderkammer, with Shantai, and there were a lot of other people collaborating with her, and, and uh, uh, Zach McConnell, Christian Breeden, um, Asad McQuaid, um, that had really kind of put this place a little bit on the map in that kind of a vein, especially with Claw later on, the ladies' arm wrestling. Yes. Later on became this nationwide phenomenon, and it started here. And yes. it started at the Blue Moon Diner, yes. which now Blue Moon Diner is even going through a flux. That's why Claw might come to X. So for me, let's find a way that those people who want to do things um, mm -hmm. can come and do them and that the community can come and celebrate that so that we maintain that identity and that identity changes all places change mm -hmm. um but that's the other part is well what about the surrounding community there i mean we have um friendship court which is, which is a lot of section eight housing mm -hmm. um and it has uh, Crescent Hall, which I think is another subsidized housing place that has a lot of retirees in it. Uh -huh. um, and there are some other neighborhoods around it that say, okay, well, I don't want to displace those people. Um, I don't want to necessarily impose upon them some other way of living that they're not comfortable with. Mm -hmm. um, but I have been to lots of places. I just spent a year abroad. Um, I was in... Uh, I was in Portugal, I was in yeah. Italy, France, Copenhagen, in Denmark, um, I was in England, mm -hmm. uh, and and before that I've traveled lots of places and I've seen a lot of different ways of, of creating communities mm -hmm. or, or developing communities that, that displace people, that, that celebrates who they are, that yes. you know, provides infrastructure and services and things like that that make living there more comfortable. More mm -hmm. livable, more affordable. Yes. I mean, we talk about creating jobs. Creating jobs is important, but I just came from Europe where I got to enjoy something like universal health care. Which mm. all of a sudden you say, wow, when I don't have to pay medical bills straight out of my pocket, um, what changes things. Afford? Yeah. Oh, it, it, it's life changing. Exactly. And I, and I, and I don't say that lightly. Mm. It is a paradigm different in how you exist add into that public transportation, all sorts of 
other infrastructure. And now, not yet, because it's a big hospital there or a bus line. Mm -hmm. No. But we are attracting people. Recently, um, somebody wants to do a thing called a repair cafe, where you come Mm -hmm. in, you bring all your broken uh, toasters and lawnmowers and Uh cars and everything, and there are experts there to help you fix them for free. Wow. So, you know, think about that. I mean, how much stuff do we throw out? Uh, Mm -hmm. Bring the farmer's market there. Bring, you know, affordable produce that is healthy for you, doesn't come out of a can. Hmm. Okay, how does that change your health, your attitude, the way you behave in your community? Uh, Bicycles, you know, huge push there. Um, There's a bicycle uh, retail there, and and right nearby there's community bikes. Oh, yes, that's right. But bike culture, again, I was in Copenhagen. Riding a bike in Copenhagen is like being on a different planet. Hmm. I mean, just what happens when you fill those streets with bikes instead of cars, Mm -hmm. your whole culture changes for the better. You actually get to meet your culture. Mm. Now, again, not saying we're going to impose everybody's got to ride a bike around or whatever, but it's to give these opportunities and these possibilities for living. Exactly, Brian. I mean, I hear you. It's a lot of things that don't take place in American culture and small town culture is because uh, no one exposes that. No one says, hey, uh, let's have, uh, what did you call it? A a cafe repair? Is that what you called it? Repair cafe. Repair cafe. I mean, that's, it's a fabulous idea. And it's such a simple one. You go, well, why didn't I think of that before? But, but you're right. And, and, and it's just, um, again, I, as one who have been in and out of Charlottesville, oh, I guess for the last eight years, I've seen what has changed over there. And of course, the art park is, is just the latest and greatest perhaps, but, uh, so much has evolved in in there, and uh, I know you mentioned the new black box theater, and that's just one one thing. But because I I haven't seen that, first of all, tell everybody. Not everyone knows what a black box theater is. Well, what I think of a black box theater is a, it's a, a non traditional theater. Usually, a theater you have seats and a stage. Uh-huh. Black box theater is more theater in the round. It's a it's a sort of amorphous space. It's a sort of black box. You've got chairs in it, and you can do anything you want. I've yes. seen you know, somebody do Hamlet you know, in contemporary dress. Uh-huh. And, you know, they're sitting among the people in the audience and acting it out. I mean, you can really do a lot of, it's more of avant-garde theater, but it's not necessarily unaccessible theater. Actually, perhaps it's more accessible yes. theater because you don't necessarily have the overhead and some of the other, you know, the, the tech requirements. Um, of a theater piece and you can do a really bare-bones piece and not really have to charge a whole bunch for it and you can even imagine this be able to pay your actors uh-huh. we have a great <laughs> I mean we've got I, I love our, the theater in town but the problem is that uh, we're not attuned to really supporting the arts yes Which, I mean the reality is in town that 0.02 percent of the city's budget goes to arts and culture Are we just frittering our waste nowhere else? 
out, mm-hmm. being at home, paying Netflix, all that sort of thing. When I'm saying, come outside to a free event and actually yes. interact with your neighbors, and maybe you even meet somebody who means something to you. Yes. And, oh, well, you can borrow something from them. Maybe you'll find her a relationship there, mm-hmm. and, and that relationship could be like going to the farmers market. Yes. You get to Yes, I remember my time in Portugal. You know the uh, the land of the midnight sun or whatever. Uh, it, it it was uh, it, everyone was out and everyone and you know and and what I think is one of the what you're saying what the art park is doing in Charlottesville is that it gives everyone the opportunity to stop thinking you're connected by staring at a device. And rather really connecting by having a conversation with another human being who, as you say, brings a whole new perspective to your life. Because you can meet anyone at the art park. Farmers, lawyers, repairmen, and and everyone coming and giving freely of themselves and sharing. Exactly. Uh, it's, um, sharing is huge. Yes. If you've ever read the Sporty Stone Soup, oh, yes. the village has no food. That's right. <laughs> Huh. But somebody brought a mic, a PA, and other people brought 
Leventhal from Ships in the Night. Yes. And uh, Lauren Hoffman from The Secret Storm are up singing Bowie songs. Yes. On the, on the table in the bar, there's people brought guacamole and shrimp and chocolate mousse. And people are playing board games and reminiscing and wow. talking and dancing. And all I did was open the door and bring a bowl of chips. There you go. Wow, and, and to me, that is the model that we need to interact on. Don't wait to be entertained by something else. Mm-hmm. Be part of the entertainment. Be part of that sharing where you're going to bring your guacamole, but there's so much more that you're going to get so much more back mm-hmm. than you ever even could contribute to that party. And that's what that sharing, and that, that party all of a sudden becomes more significant because you were there and you contributed to it and you were a participant in what happened that night. You know, the more I listen to you and and, uh, see and hear about the art park, it's really a cultural revolution. It it isn't a revolution in the sense that we're changing something. We're just re-recognizing the possibilities of getting together and actually communicating and sharing. And it's, it's a model that America can learn from. It's a way of being that we just haven't I think you hit on it too with the bicycle. I always think when I drive, one of these days I'm going to write this book called as a, uh, On the Back Roads Doing 40 with God. But I've since discovered I see even more when I drive only 30 miles an hour. And then when I get out and I walk, I see right. even more. So, you know, it sounds like we're saying, let's go back to the good old days. But no, we're saying let's let's embrace the good and the essence of communicating and knowing your neighbor. You know, we hear love thy neighbor. Well, know them too, you know. I, I don't know. I, I just find it's such a, um, it's a beacon is what the Ix Art Park is. And like you said, you open the doors and if you build it, they will come. It's just, well. And we'll have challenges too. I yes. Mean, it's not all smooth sailing. There will be Probably we'll have experience sometimes with day or, or sort of optimism might be mixed with a little naivete. But <laughs> the more that I experience, the more that I find that I'm wrong, that it just turns out just better and better each time. And that, that, that fear we have to kind of get past because mm-hmm. those risks potentially aren't real. I was in Iraq twice this year. Wow. Um, and uh, doing film work. Uh-huh. And it was a real experience and risk. But Wow, just getting out of our houses and mixing it up in community and sharing what we've got. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I say let's go for that risk. Let's see, you know, when we break down some of our barriers amongst ourselves and actually find out about each other. I, I mean, I'm really open to that possibility. Yes. All right, Brian, it has been a great conversation again about the X Art Park, the X Building, all of the community-oriented and community-embracing, mutually beneficial activity and sharing uh, and communication that's going on there. And all because um, you and a few people said, you know, what are the possibilities? Let's do this. And uh, I'm so impressed and so pleased to to at least be able to watch this happen and and, uh, talk about it on the radio and come by myself. Uh, I owe you a trip, too. I have to get over there. I've, I've been in the park, but I don't think I've been in the X building itself yet. Not since all the, the changes, anyway. So I just want to thank you, Brian Weimer, for being on the show today, the executive director of 
the X Art Park. Brian, any parting words for us? How, uh, tell us how to get there, what we can do. Uh, I know we've said all of that, but just capsulize it for us. Well, Facebook is unfortunately our primary sort of avenue. <laughs> Not everybody's on a computer, but that's where we put all of our events. We're going to be more of the paper, but just come down. I'm going to set up shop with the tea kettle on and some cookies, and mm-hmm. people can just come down. It's uh, right near downtown, near the ACAC downtown. It's off of Elliott and uh, Second, or on the other side, Monticello and Second. And just come down. A lot of it is, you, you said that, you know, I and a handful of people kind of started it. Yes. But it's nothing without everybody else to participate. Yes. yes. And the more people that participate, the better it's going to be. And participation means just walk down. Yes. All right, then. Brian Weimer, appreciate your being on the show, and uh, congratulations as well as thank you. And uh, we wish you all the best. Just keep us informed. We'll visit you on Facebook and visit you in person. How's that? Excellent. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, Brian. My pleasure. Bye now. Stay with us as we'll be right back with a final comment from The Reasonable Voice. Another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. Fashion designer Tom Ford had a burning story to tell. Fortunately, he chose film as his canvas and has brought to this medium the same passion and artistic skill he directs towards his fashion house. The result? Nothing short of remarkable. A single man offers a sensitive portrait of a gay man in 1960s Los Angeles. Played with incredible insight by Colin Firth, George has lost his life's partner to a tragedy. He is made unwelcome at the funeral. The family of the deceased will not even return the couple's beloved hound to him. Swimming through the fog of bereavement, George struggles to find the drive to go on. His best friend is a tragic drinking buddy played by the always remarkable Julianne Moore, but she can offer little solace. And a toe dipped back in the cruising life seemingly fails to reignite George's lost spark for life. Quoting from the American Film Institute, A single man is a meditation on grief, a sensuous lament, a memento mori that reminds us to love well, to cherish the human encounters that color our lives, and to be aware in the end that everything is as it should be. A single man, not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the Reasonable Voices heard round the world. To what are Americans entitled? Not a day goes by that I don't remember how Watergate had so many people shocked to discover American presidents like communist dictators maintained hit lists, and still we were shocked that cutting costs at the expense of the health of children can result in their city water supply being poisoned by its state government. Can we all join Mona Hanna Atisha, Rachel Maddow, Hillary Clinton, and Andrea Miller in Not While I'm Around? 
Not a day goes by that I don't wonder how conservatives insist patriotism is emancipation from the federal government, while drowning America in too many food deserts, too few school nurses, and too little awareness of how many lead water pipes exist, undisclosed, from sea to shining sea. Denial is a terrible disease for a nation, let alone a people because children will listen. Take me to the world where assuming Earth's resources are limitless and over-consuming our constitutional right, and I'll show you a good thing going, going gone. Anyone can whistle my country tears of thee while occupying Oregon, Congress, or even governor's mansions. But must 47% of us vote like sooner or later never comes? Not a day goes by with peace on earth if in our past we have already left behind our children's future. On Main Street or behind the wall of the street, no one is alone in failing to be responsible adults accountable for our greatest infrastructure, children. Maybe not everybody ought to have a maid, but imagine we built that CEO's taking the road less traveled by. Not a day goes by without my pondering why America has transformed from Cronkite, Huntley and Brinkley to over-the-top Steve Kornacki, condescending Luke Russard, and know-it-all Chuck Todd. But send in the clowns, Glenn Beck, Matt Lauer, and Bill O'Reilly, and the laughs are on us. Why is it not a day goes by without emerging cokehead governors corrupting our life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness with substandard handling practices and emergency manager laws? There won't be trumpets November 8, 2016, for those who take the elderly into the woods, abandoning them to Alzheimer's and calling it family values. We are defined by how we lift up our fellow human beings, for that is the love I hear missing through feet of snow, flooding cities, and racial slurs. Is not old red, white, and blue glory only as exceptional as Flint, Ferguson, Cleveland, Detroit, Harris County, Texas, South Florida, and the Supreme Court of Wall Street? From declared independence to slavery, to congressionally inspired draft riots, saving the affluenza teen Ethan Couch types from being bloodied by war, not a single day is American harmony limited to one Francis Scott Key. From the Harlem Renaissance to 9-11, America is those who first respond by voting, those standing up for equality in the face of a Nixon-used and Trump-abused silent majority, chanting for an imperfect work in progress to recapture its greatness in reruns of Father Knows Best About Gunsmoke. Not a day goes by that I'm not thankful for people like immediate past chair of Albemarle County Virginia Board of Supervisors, Jane Dittmar, who campaigns for Congress to get connected to we the people rather than descends to depths of Buckingham County Supervisors' choice to entangle its constituency in the octopus of methane gas pipelines. America is as complex as our native, African, Latin, Asian, European, immigrant, her, and history, and as potentially tragic as West Side Story. 
So now is never the time to right-step our way into a Sweeney-Todd nation, cutting out all things bright and beautiful. America, you could drive a person crazy. But whether Sunday in the park with George or poor thing, we must remain together wherever we go. Join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Thank you. Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Website. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Music